0: Conor McCarthy here with my co-host as always. Blake Hayes is going to talk to you about uh, more news in the NFL. I like it, Blake. i bad,
1: you know. I'm going to get up for those spring races, you know. Bits are whatever. Oh, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to have an episode next week. I'm going to be out of town on Wednesday. You're going
0: to be out of town? Yeah. Oh, that's a warning, To Go fans. I'm Go-to-go sorry Go go fans, that. no
1: episode next week. Me and Kevin also on Courtside Take are missing out next week on Monday because me and Kevin are both out of town. But, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it next week. So uh, just you. a
0: heads up, we won't have anything next week, but um, we'll get back on track after that. Yeah, and a quick note before everybody: if uh, you don't know this, Blake is now my boss. He just got promoted <laughs> at our, our local, uh, our, our school newspaper, The Breeze. He will be the sports editor next year, so I, I have to use proper terms around Blake now because you know he could fire me at any. Point. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Uh, so
1: um, um, let's get, let's get started. You, you you got some 24s. episode twenty four. You know the Kobe Bryant uh, yeah, yeah. episode. <sighs> Give us give us your twenty-fours, you got a few,
0: apparently. I did I had a couple, and this is more than I ever have. Josh Norman, I know, twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Yep. And Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. You yep. were 24. All time great to wear
1: twenty-four. Alright, so let's work down this list, see if I can give you some hints. Um has his own island. Darrell Reeves? Yep. Darrell Revis, Um uh, twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man. Adam Pac-Man Jones. Adam Pac-Man Jones. Uh, another stud running back, AFC or NFC South. NFC South. Uh, yep. Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Yep. Um, recently, tre- I want to say recently. Tre- oh no, recently signed. He was in the Super Bowl this year, first year with New England. Defensive back.
0: Defensive back. Yep. You're talking about. He got paid
1: this. Oh, Stephon Gilmore. Yep, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, are there any big names that I don't really like in this list? Uh, everyone on the Giants seems to hate this guy.
0: Oh, Eli Apple. Yep, Eli Apple. Ah. man. They hate him. And they, I don't. I mean, they do not like him one bit. Most, I think New York might hate him as a collective unit. Yeah, right. <laughs> um,
1: let's see. Any other big guys? I mean, you know, you got Brent Grimes, James Bradbury, T.J. Yeldon. Oh, let's get this one. Um, one of the one of the Bears running backs. What's his name? One of the Bears yeah. running backs. Take your take your what? guess on which one. Jordan Howard. Yep, Jordan Howard. Twenty four. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, another big one. And then let's look at the all-time greats who we got. Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> yep. So we got uh, Champ Bailey, like you said. Uh, Willie Brown had a 15-year career from 1963 to 1978. Old guy. Uh, Ty Law, another big guy. Oh, Ty Law. Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. Man, this is a good one for secondary. Charles
0: Woodson, did he have 24 throughout his career? Charles he Woodson, 90, multi, yeah, 1998 huh. to
1: 2015 or number uh, 24. Any other big guys? You know, Marshall Lynch, Ike Taylor. Uh, oh God, Ike Taylor. Terrence McGee. Oh, yeah. So there's some good lists. A lot of secondary guys, um, but also you know some stud running backs. All right. Oh yeah, that'll be our twenty-fourth.
0: Decent list. Not bad mm-hmm. at all. All right. Let's get into our topics. Well, this is a big topic that Blake and I have talked about a lot, and we just found out Blake Bortles just got handed a three-year contract worth fifty-four million dollars and averaged about 18 million a year and uh, I know both of us have some pretty good opinions on it I'm going to hear yours first Blake <laughs> as much
1: as I've hated Blake Bortles and I, I truly believe if they had an average quarterback under center this year they would be Super Bowl champions um as much as I hate Blake Bortles I you know I hate you know how much he limits this team you know there's Super Bowl Super Bowl windows come and pass fairly quickly and you know um Blake Bortles seems to be hindering the chances of the Jags getting multiple Super Bowls. Um it's not the worst thing they could have done. Y- you were gonna guarantee him 19 million by March 14th. If because they were they were hoping to cut him, but you can't cut a guy if he's not medically cleared. So Blake Bortles went in the offseason, got surgery on his on his elbow to make sure that he wasn't medically ready, so the Jags couldn't cut him that way. So you 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 had to you had to Renegotiate, or else he was going to be due 19 million this year. They reduced that dead cap number to nine million, so they cut off 10 million in this first season, um, and and made his base salary. Uh, I want to say it's nine or 10 million this year. They gave all the guaranteed money up front, um, so you can cut him in two years. The only thing that I wish that they did differently was give him all the guaranteed money in the first year. Because then you can cut him after one season, um, kind of like what you saw with Mike Glennon. Um, most of his guaranteed money when he signed with the Bears, it, everyone was like, oh, three years, forty-five million. That's great. He's gonna make fifteen million a year." Um, he made eighteen in the first year, but then since all the guaranteed was up front, they just cut him after a year and barely lost any money. So what I think I think the Jaguars should have done something more like that because Blake Bortles, if you cut him after one year, his um, the cap hit is eleven million. And that's something that's tough to, you know, deal with, especially they're already tight on cap face. So I wish that they had gone more the Mike Glennon route, but you can cut him after two years, and that's the thing that I'm most looking forward to, because it can be another situation where you have Mike Glennon play the first four games of the year, maybe you trade up in the draft, you get a quarterback, and maybe, you know, it's the whole Bears situation where you have Mitchell Trubisky come in, maybe you have, you know, Lamar Jackson or whoever they yeah. get in the draft. Um, Replace Blake
0: Bortles. Yeah, I definitely think they still need to go in the draft and find a quarterback and start mm-hmm. grooming him immediately. It's funny with all these quarterbacks that aren't getting signed around the league, and we're continuously seeing how long it takes. It's funny that the Jaguars signed their quarterback, and everybody's like, "All right, how quickly can we get out of this contract?" Right. Because I mean, Bortles—he's an average quarterback at best, at best. And I think a lot of people are overhyping his playoff performance because, yeah, he had a decent game against the Steelers. He did. He didn't play. Oh, yeah. He didn't play bad against the Patriots. But those were throws that I expect a quarterback to make. I mean they exactly. weren't there was nothing special that I saw out of Bortles in those games. Yeah. There was a couple good plays, but and the the, the the Buffalo game, I go back to the Buffalo game, and that was the first game they played. It was unacceptable. It was really it was unacceptable to me. Disgusting. And people can go ahead and say, Oh they well, whoa he couldn't get it done. He he uses his legs anyway. Quarterbacks like Bortles should not have to use their legs that much. They should not have to run more than they pass in a game. In a playoff game against Buffalo, of all teams, which we've said all year was one of the least talented teams to make the playoffs. And I, I just... I, I don't I don't see the Jags going through three years of Bortles. I really don't. No. And I don't think anybody in Jacksonville wants to see that. Oh and Bortles can take it any way he wants. Maybe it's another chance for him to prove himself. But we've seen enough of Bortles now to see what we're getting. And, you know, there are worse options out there. I have to put that... but. For a team as high quality as the Jags are all the way around, it's kind of a shame to see Bortles back at quarterback.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's it's funny to even um see the teammates' reactions because you know, the teammates in the locker room know that Blake Bortles is the reason that they weren't in the Super Bowl. That if they had an average quarterback, they'd be in the Super Bowl because they're the best at almost all of their positions throughout you know, the the Jags should have dominated that game against New England and probably in my opinion would have beat the Eagles. The thing that that it was funny to hear after the extension was announced, you had all the players coming out and they're saying, you know, we love having Blake Bortles in the locker room, great character guy, always comes, you know, comes into work ready to work. You know, the one thing they didn't say about him, and I, I looked at all the comments, everything that teammates said, they didn't say a thing about his ability to play quarterback. Nothing. There was nothing about talent. It was his character, his attitude. He's a fun guy in the locker room, they like him. As a person, none of them mentioned that he is good at the position he plays. <laughs> well, <laughs> so that the, the team knows that that he he got paid. Good for him. They the, you know they all want to see each other get paid. You know in the NFL when money you know you have one chance to really make or break yes. your money. So they're excited. They're happy for him that he got his payday. But at the same time, they know that they can't you know win it all without
0: with him under center. I think you know the Jacksonville. We saw how close they got this year. I think Jacksonville can actually win a Super Bowl with Blake Bortles with how talented they are. It's holding them back, definitely. I think they definitely win it with a better quarterback. What I'm saying, and that is interesting that you just said that because a lot of times when you see players get paid, you see a lot of flame emojis. Oh, we got our quarterback back, or something like that. And it, it is actually a, a good testament to portals that his players were actually happy for him, and they said how good character and everything. So yeah. I, I understand that, but to have his teammates not say how great a player, usually you do see those types of tweets afterwards. It's a good indicator. It really is. Yeah,
1: definitely, and and they they screwed themselves at the beginning of the year. Last year, when they picked up his fifth-year option, because you know, then, then you had to, you know, you you guaranteed, you put yourself, you backed yourself. Let me take all that back. I just mumbled over all my words. You backed yourselves into a corner where you either had to pay him the 19 million this year or extend him. And and if you gave him a one-year deal, we're like, here, Blake Bortles, here's your one-year deal. Take that. Blake Bortles would have said no, and his agent would have said no. I'm not going to take a one-year deal that's lower. I'm getting. I'm, I have a deal right here that says I'm making 19 million last year. Let's just keep it at that. So they, you know, management screwed themselves over last year, um, and it was funny. I, I was listening to another show talking about this, and um, you know that game against uh, the Patriots AFC Championship. Yeah. Tom Coughlin went up to Blake Bortles after the game and basically just went to him and said, "Hey, great first half," and then just left. He said, he, he said, decent yeah. job in the first half, yeah. and then just left. Because, yeah. you know, Blake Bortles isn't a good quarterback. You know, he played, he had his one good moment. You know, the, the team doesn't, they know he's not talented. The league knows he's not talented. You had to keep him there because of the situation. Yeah. But they have it set up where they can groom the quarterback to replace
0: mm-hmm. him in the next few and years. Where's Javion Cl- Clowney?
1: He's trash. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, That's funny. The, the, and, you know,
0: there's so much heat that came after Javion Clowney for that. Because Bortles at that time had happened to be playing during... A good stretch, I think, a pretty good stretch for Bortles. And it's the funniest thing is when Bortles plays like really well, like in for his standards. You look at the numbers and you compare him to like good quarterbacks when they're playing well. It's like he 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 averages what a good quarterback does on an average basis. That's his best. His fourth quarter
1: QBR, his quarterback rating in the fourth quarter up throughout the regular season, was better than one quarterback, and that was Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser had a horrific season. Blake Bortles. When you trust him when you put him in the second half of games is among the bottom
0: of performers Literally. at the position. Whenever you can get a statistic that puts the Browns and Jaguars quarterback situation one and two at the bottom, yeah. it's probably a good statistic. I'd yeah, you,
1: you got to take that into in yeah, consideration. You, gotta, like, you know, yeah. Blake Bortles is not. Everyone likes to say that you know he's deserving of this. Oh, look at them! They went to the AFC Championship. Look at who won the Super Bowl. You're not paying Nick Foles twenty twenty yeah. million a year. Not giving him eighteen and a half million. No, No, it it was a team that won it. It was the team that brought the Jags to the AFC
0: Championship. I'll say this right now. uh, Foles and... The champion NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl made throws that I've never seen Bortles ever make.
1: Foles is much better than Blake Bortles in my opinion. <laughs> it's, there it's there are several it's, backup quarterbacks in the league that I would take over Blake Bortles. I'd take their own backup quarterback, Chad Henney. Oh, I would take close. Chad Henney over That's him. close. I think Blake Bortles would be among one of the worst backup quarterbacks in the league. I think Blaine Gabbert's
0: over there in Arizona laughing about it. Right exactly, <laughs> right?
1: Oh, man, that team with Blaine Gabbert even could have done Blaine it. If Blaine Gabbert had the system
0: that he had now, exactly, man, where he was actually he had the good people around Jack him oh. and everything, yeah. What so would have been. Yeah, we could talk about Bortles all day. So we'll go on to the next one. I know. I know Blake was very <laughs> hurt about the whole situation. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm uh, going to get you a Blake Bortles uh, uh, jersey for your oh birthday, God. I think. I so, fire. Another big move in the NFL this week Marcus Peters got traded to the Rams, and it was for a 2018 fourth round pick and a 2019 second round pick. What do you think about this, Blake? Yeah,
1: yeah. you know, um, another big trade that at first I was, I was a little shocked, but then, you know, as reports started coming out, um, Kansas City, you know, they're just trying to. They're trying to get the guys that they want in the locker room. And, and Marcus Peters, one of the best young cornerbacks in the game, you know, you can consider him top five, top seven, top eight. He's in that range of one of the best corners in the league. It, it, it just came down to, to personality and the type of character they wanted in the locker room. Um, that was the biggest thing, I think, that came into this um, for Kansas City getting rid of him because you, you still had him under contract for two more years. You didn't have to get rid of him yet. Um but it seemed pretty clear that he wanted to leave once his contract was up in Kansas City. He wanted to head to the West Coast. Uh, he grew up in California, I think, maybe even in the Oakland area. I just want to say. So he wanted to go back to the West Coast. Um, and I love this for the Rams because they're one of their biggest free agents hitting the market this year is uh, Tremaine Johnson. You know, an, a solid cornerback um, had an amazing season in twenty fifteen. Slowly regressed, but his salary. He's probably going to be making, he's going to get paid this offseason around 12 million, 10 to 12 million a year. That's the total for Marcus Peters over the next two years. So, you know, getting rid of Tremaine Johnson, you're getting a guy for an extra year, half the salary, and, you know, a guy that is probably, you know, they're close in talent, but I would
0: give the edge to Marcus Peters. I would give the edge to Marcus Peters. And it's not by a, a landslide. I think Marcus Peters. If you read my uh, top five cornerbacks that like mm-hmm. week, I put him on there, and I'd maybe put him at number three if he didn't have all the off-field issues. And the thing with it's it's disappointing for the Chiefs because they have such a tremendous talent. And Marcus Peters already knows the system has made tons of plays for them. 19 interceptions since he entered the league in 2015. Yeah. Nobody has more interceptions, no. and that's just such a huge point or part of being a cornerback is being able to flip the field. And I, I mean, but this trade really I mean, it makes sense. It really it had to happen, I think, because Marcus Peters was such a big distraction in the locker room. When you start doing things like that, sometimes it's best to just jettison the guy and get what you can get out of him right now. Rather than wait down the road and more problems escalate, we've seen how the Giants locker room is looking right now with their cornerback situation. Yeah. So it can be detrimental to a team, and I think this is the best situation for Marcus Peters as well. I mean, going to a new change of scenery, having a whole new mindset, seeing new guys and everything, he has a chance to reinvent himself and be one of those players that is a leader on the team. And with Sean McVay there being so young, I think he can really get down to earth with Marcus Peters and maybe saying, hey, this is what you need to do, this is what you did wrong, and you have a new shot here, go out and prove you're one of the best cornerbacks and be a leader on the team. So I think this is a good move all around. It's disappointing for the Chiefs, but... Uh, I mean, this is probably the best case scenario, I think. Yeah, definitely. And not
1: even just Sean McVay being young. That entire team yeah, is young and young. Up, they have a great mindset, too. Yeah, that whole team great... has a
0: really good team vibe.
1: Exactly. Going. And they're headed in the right direction. They had an amazing season this year. So you add, you know, another, while well, you get rid of your top cornerback, you bring in one of the best in the game. So, that, you know, that'll be a smooth transition. Um, and for Kansas City, this was the best return you were going to get. Um, they, the Rams were the only team that was aggressively pursuing him. Um, Kansas City, former Kansas City executives are now uh, general managers for the Browns and the Colts. Um, Kansas City reached out to both of those teams and and was kind of like, hey, you know, you guys, you know, were here when we brought in Marcus Peters. Uh, You want him? What's what's, what's the best offer you can give? But neither team was interested. Um, The only team that really made an offer was the Rams. And so, you know, while everyone, you know, thought that, you know, oh, how can you give up one of the best cornerbacks in football for a, a second and a fourth round pick? The return that I, th- I that they got, in my opinion, was you know the best that they were
0: going to get. Yeah. I mean, when there's so many red flags surrounding the team, when you can't hide a player's dysfunction with, within the locker room or ma- making team distractions, a lot of teams they just aren't as interested. And you see it around the league. I mean, players that like have problems, they don't usually stick with their teams. I mean, Dom sue, players like that. I mean, big time players with a ton of talent. They they aren't always the best locker room influence, and it can really be detrimental to the team. And so I. I I don't blame the Chiefs for this trade. A lot of people are probably in Kansas City very disappointed, but, you know. Yeah, and Kansas City's going through a whole transformation now. They're they getting really are.
1: younger. They're getting, you know, more athletic. They're they're building for a new wave of, of Andy Reid's success, you know, mm. moving on from Alex Smith, cutting, you know, their, you know, one of their trademark players, Derek Johnson, yep. um, at linebacker. You know, the year before, they got rid of Don Terry Poe, and now getting rid of um, Marcus Peters. Uh, Marcus Peters the, the guy that you still have sticking there, who is coming off, you know, a a season long injury um is uh Eric Berry. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, great. he's he's basically that your your stud guy that's still returning on that defense. So they'll, you know, they get some nice picks back. They definitely still have a lot of holes on the defense when you're cutting all these young guys, so they got to make sure to address that.
0: But um, I mean, the thing is, when you, you get a new quarterback, which Patrick Mahomes will be the starter next year, and I know you're very excited for that, and I'm surprised. I, you didn't say that first before can't me, because wait. usually you mention Patrick Mahomes. Jimmy G, by the way. I'm just going to have to throw that out there before. I, I don't, don't think, think we have anything... I don't think You we didn't say have any... Jimmy G last week. I meant I to tell you that. You Jimmy didn't mention G? his name once in the last
1: the last episode. You didn't oh, say him at all. Oh my
0: gosh. That's actually really disheartening. It's a crime. Well, it's a crime. Well, I will promise from here on out, Jimmy G will be in <laughs> at least once. He's a stud. But uh, yeah, going back to when you change a quarterback and going to such a young guy like Patrick Mahomes, it really can change the whole atmosphere of a team. It can change the whole team mindset. So if you're having a guy like Marcus Peters that's already having trouble in the old regimen, bringing him in the new regiment is really a tough decision. And a guy like Eric Barry, obviously, you can bring in because he's such a stud. But they are going younger. I mean, they have a good wide out in Tyreek Hill. They still have Travis Kelsey. Yeah. They still have talent oh, they on the team. They, that. they have a ton of talent on the team. And if Patrick Mahomes is all that Blake says he is, then this team can do well without Marcus Peters. Exactly, yeah. And you know, they they still they don't have a first round
1: pick this year. Unfortunately, gave it up to Buffalo to get Mahomes last year, but um, you know they clear up cap space getting rid of Johnson. They clear up some getting rid of um, getting rid of Peters. You'll have to see what they do to revamp that defense this off season. But you know, I like the moves they're making. It's transitioning into a new wave of of success in yeah, Kansas City. Definitely.
0: Onto to another uh team and we're gonna talk about the Vikings again and their quarterback situation. Uh, I mean, we've been following this for a while and we've been wondering what's gonna happen and still things haven't really shaped up, but we've heard a couple more things. Look like the Vikings maybe steering away from Casey Keenum now. We don't Teddy Bridgewater has come out and said that he doesn't like the respect that he's gotten from some of his teammates there. Hmm. And Sam Bradford is Sam Bradford. <laughs> so, what do you think of all this, Blake? Yeah, so it's it's
1: interesting and I know You know, we've been talking about this for weeks now, but it is one of the more interesting situations at the quarterback position. Um, The Vikings have made it clear they're not franchise-tagging Case Keenum. Um, They've also made it clear that they're going to let Teddy Bridgewater go into free agency, and you know, Teddy will you know field offers, and then you know, it'll be interesting to see what Minnesota chooses to do after that because they could lose out on all three of their guys in a matter of one season. Think about that. Yeah, yeah, you have three guys that could be starting caliber players for that team for a team that that was you know, went far in the NFC um, playoffs in in one of the toughest divisions in football. Um, So it's interesting that they could lose out on all three guys, but it comes back to, to what I what I saw earlier this week and it's that they're they're trying to also clear some cap space to give a big time offer for uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. What are your
0: thoughts on what are your thoughts on Kirk in uh, Minnesota? In Minnesota? I mean, I think that would be a pretty good fit. It yeah. would I mean, going back to the offense last year, I said there was a lot of similarities between the Vikings offense and the Redskins offense, a lot of play action and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I mean, having the talented receivers kind of reminded me of when Pierre Garcon and Deshaun Jackson yeah, were there that. with the Redskins. Yeah. I mean, a bit of an upgrade, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs—not yeah. huge, I wouldn't say, but still. But still yeah. And they have a lot of good talent there. I mean, the thing is, it's this has been one of the weirdest quarterback situations I've seen in a while, and it's it, starting back halfway last year. The Vikings, it was like they were how are they going to handle the situation when Bradford came back with Keenan playing so well and Teddy Bridgewater, he was gonna come back at some point and the, everybody was like, they have three starting caliber quarterbacks. What do they do? And they handled it pretty well last year. Yeah, but now I, I never really thought that they were gonna lose all three of the guys, and now it's leaning towards I don't really see them bringing back any three of these guys at this point. I mean, maybe if they can find some friendly contract with Keenan, maybe a three year deal and put him maybe a Mike Glennon type contract like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. make it all front heavy and see what happens from there, but if they really are trying to get Kirk Cousins, which honestly would probably be the best move if they were somehow to able to get Kirk and keep yeah. most of the defense around, and that's a, it's a rather attractive place to play. They still have a really good defense, oh, exactly. they're still young enough, they're in their prime. So I, I think that the Vikings, that's probably their best move right now, is probably jettison the three unless you can get Bradford on a backup contract, a team-friendly one, but he's probably going to be too expensive in my opinion. you will probably mm-hmm. get more money out elsewhere, but... Yeah, I, I, without Kirk though, I I see. it feel like this is Vikings team that's gonna have disappointing next year, disappointing year next year.
1: Without without Kirk Cousins. Yeah, without Kirk and... Cousins,
0: I see him have a disappointing year. And we talked about that earlier. They, they remind me so much of the Cardinals after their their really successful yeah. year. They really do.
1: They, yeah, and they just re- they fell apart after that. You know, it's really interesting because um, teams realize how sh- short a Super Bowl window is. And like I said that earlier, you know the, you know besides teams, you know the Patriots who the Super Bowl window always seems to be there. Even the Steelers, Steelers, you know, Green Bay. As long as you have airboxes. Exactly. You know, you you have a much bigger window. Teams that aren't like that, you know, like I said with the Jags earlier, the Vikings are another situation. Your Super Bowl window is, you know, looking like two to three years. So if you think that you can go in and get that guy that will push you over the edge, don't worry about what you're going to do afterwards because you'd rather get that Super Bowl. I'd I'd rather, as a GM, if I was putting on, you know, if I was getting hired as a GM, I'd rather one Super Bowl to my name and then struggle afterwards than to struggle to continuously improve, improve, but never get to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be known as that team that makes it to the NFC Championship, the NFC Divisional Round, never gets the job done in the Super Bowl. If I can make the moves to win a Super Bowl in one year, that is one of the hardest things to win. It's, It's one of the toughest championships to win in professional sports. Um... So I would I would sacrifice everything to make that one season what I can do because the problem is if you're giving Kirk Cousins that big contract and it's multi-year, you're, you know, all your guys that you've drafted the last few years, I mean, you're going to have to pay Diggs soon. You're going to have to pay Thielen soon, uh, Anthony Barr. You're going to have to pay guys in the secondary. Um, you're going to have to pay all those guys, and you're going to have to let some of them go if you bring in Kirk Cousins. But if you bring in Kirk Cousins and you think that that can win you a Super Bowl –
0: I do it without a doubt but in my mind. That's, that's the thing about it, is if you have the chance to win a Super Bowl, you should go all out for it. There's yeah. not, there's no point in having six straight seasons of winning seasons and ending up short constantly rather yeah. than winning one Super Bowl in that six years and struggle a little bit afterwards. Because, I mean, in the NFL, Super Bowls are what matters. And nobody right. really remembers, oh, that team went to the NFC Championship that exactly. year. Exactly. And, like, that's a great season for you, and you can be happy as a fan base, but if you're trying to get respect from around the league, it's all Super Bowls. And yeah. that's ultimately what matters, so I, I do agree with you. If they have a chance at Kirk and they really feel that this is the year that they can get the Super Bowl, then they should go all out.
1: Yeah, and they're one of the teams that's still, you know, one of the franchises in the league that still hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Yeah. If you can be remembered as, as the GM or the head coach that got Minnesota their first Super Bowl in team history, I would sacrifice as much as I could to get that that one year because yeah. success is hard to find unless you have a Brady and Belichick, unless you have a Ben Roethlisberger. If you were, you know, in Indy and had a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, you need to, you need to um, realize that you are not one of the like. If you're not Belichick. Your window is so much smaller. Like you have, yeah. you know, if you get there and you have two, three seasons to get it done, you better do the most you can to get it done in that mm-hmm.
0: small right And, so, frame. and so we talked about the Eagles so much; they have the potential to be a dynasty and everything. But who knows what their Super Bowl exactly. window really is? It could have been this year. This could have been there. I mean, if I think that Wentz will probably get back there eventually because I like how much talent he has Definitely. and everything. But the thing is, you never know what's going to be the year that's going to be, this is your only shot at it. The Cardinals probably thought they had more time. Exactly. I saying. would have thought the Cardinals I had more time. I, they were uh, one of my favorite teams going into yeah. next year. And now, all of a sudden, they're completely rebuilding. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the franchise. They don't know if they're going to be a competitor next year or not. I mean, look at Seattle. Yeah, Seattle They, they, the they, they maximized theirs, though. They did. They realized that, oh, we've got
1: this rookie quarterback on a, on a small contract, they got to two Super Bowls, won one of them. Yeah. They did the best that they could, but now look at what's happening. Their yeah. team is falling apart. And you would have they thought that would have been that one of all. the
0: best dynasties for a long time. They exactly. had a great young quarter, and Russ Wilson's still great. Oh yeah, but great. that defense has gotten over. Defense order. is bad. Offensive yeah. line is bad. Running back is bad. And that's what the Jaguars really have to take a look at, right there, too. It's just it goes away
1: so quick. You have a few years to, you know, if you're if you're one of the top four teams in your conference or in the NFL, you have a few years to stay there because. Unless you're Bill Belichick, unless you're New England, or the or Steelers. the Steelers, um, you know. Or Green the, Bay, the Green Bay yeah, <laughs> once again. It, basically, those three teams, you know, it, you're not going to have another chance.
0: Yeah, you're completely right, and I, I couldn't agree more. So, I guess we'll transition to a little bit of draft talk here. Oh, yeah. Uh, as always, so we were talking about quarterbacks last week, and I was ranking our top five. Now we're going to talk about which should be outside the top five do we like best, and I'm going to let you go first so I don't steal your pick this time. Oh, yeah. yeah let's hear what you say. I'm, I'm going to be a little upset if you pick mine. I haven't heard Blake's yet. Richmond? No, it's oh, think Richmond. Oh, all right, all right. I was thinking about it. I honestly was thinking about it, but let's see. I'm going to hear you. I, I got
1: to go with Kyle Oletta. Um, You know, outside the top five that we talked about last week, it drops off for me after that top five. I, I'm not a big fan of Mason Rudolph. Um, Luke Falk from Washington. I don't know if I just named your guy. We'll find out in a few seconds. But I think it drops off after that top five. And Kyle Oletta is a really interesting guy for me. You know, he played at Richmond. Um, we got to see him play, actually, against James Madison this year. Um, and, I mean, we had one of the best defenses in the country. So, yeah. of course, we well, shut course him down. Going, yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know on the career on his career 63.5 completion percentage 10,000 yards 73 touchdowns um you know he's just a he's a guy that seems to be slowly climbing under the radar and you know who I see taking him in the the second or third round who? the new england patriots yeah, yeah i see them brought- i see them taking I see them nabbing Kyle Aletta up just right from their hands and him being that new guy that we're gonna groom, the new Jacoby <laughs> Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, the guys that fly under the radar. Yeah. The Patriots always find those guys. They, they found do. they found Tom Brady. This seems to just be the guy for me that they're gonna pick up, you know, in day two of the draft. And it, it's it's in my opinion, it's gonna work because I, I like the physical tools that he has. He was by far and away, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in FCS football this year. Um, dominated the entire year. Um, had a had a great um, senior bowl. Yep. Yeah, had a good time there. And, you MVP. know, the combine this weekend. Um, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, he's slowly rising up, and he's outside of the top five. He's the most interesting to me.
0: He is definitely an interesting name. And he was, honestly, when I thought of the Patriots, I, I immediately thought of him because, you know, FCS school. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he wasn't from a big school either. And, like, players like that and the Patriots do are able to find that talent and really shape it into what they want. But I I was going to go with Luke Falk from uh, Washington State. I watched a lot of his tapes and everything. He's tremendously accurate with the football a lot of the time. And I I was watching all his highlights, and he makes some NFL-caliber throws that Mm -hmm. remind me of my own quarterback, or my ex-quarterback, my (laughs) cousins, I have to be, because a lot of people aren't really thrilled with his arm strength, which is a little bit of a problem. But sometimes being tremendous... Placer of the football can overcome some arm strength struggles. Definitely. and if you look at his numbers at uh, Washington State, they were really eye popping. I mean, two seasons over four thousand yards, thirty plus touchdowns in three of his four seasons. He was a former walk on, which is one of my favorite attributes to have to a player. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing those former walk ons; they have a really hungry mindset and things like that, and can develop into a good leader. So, I I, I think I'm a big I'm, I'm 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 a little bit higher on Luke Falk than uh, maybe I should be. But he's one
1: of my favorite quarterbacks in the draft this year. He was a guy at the beginning of the season that I had above some of the guys that I'd say are even in my top five. I'd say I had him, I don't know if I had him above Lamar Jackson or not. Josh Allen wasn't really on my radar. You know, Luke Falk was a guy that I thought could be a second, third round guy. um, And then kind of just...
0: Sorry, I lost you my train you of thought. He didn't have the best senior season, no. It it didn't. statistics and everything like that. But I'm going back to the sophomore and the junior year when looking at stuff like that. Yeah,
1: and, so. and that's the thing, you know. You can't let one season decide that. We've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of guys. If they have the physical tools, don't care about what they did in college. You know, you could have been in a terrible coaching situation, in the wrong offensive scheme, talent wasn't around you, and and that's not your fault. If if you're if you're a quarterback that can fit into a system in the NFL and you go to the right coaching staff that can groom you up, then yeah. by all means, you know that that has you know there's a lot of potential with that. That's like what mm-hmm. I see with Josh Allen specifically. Yeah. He had no talent around, him. coaching staff wasn't great, but he is a, a monster. He I, mm-hmm. he's a freak of nature. I kind of see that with Allada too. He's a great thrower. Um, Falk too. He's you know we can't we can't knock guys for having bad seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you're saying Darnold and you lead the yeah. the NCAA in turnovers, that yeah. one's your fault. That
0: one that one hurts a little. That bit. one is your fault. I mean, the thing but... about it is, I mean, Luke Falk doesn't have the tremendous arm talent or talent as some of the other top quarterbacks in this draft. He really doesn't. But I think he's one of those guys that, if, like you said, put him in the right system, he can become a good quarterback. And we look at quarterbacks in the NFL like Adrian McCarron, Kirk, Alex Smith, guys that don't have the best arms but are in the right system and they can be a good game manager exactly. type quarterback. And that can be valuable on the team. I mean, even Jacksonville could use a game manager every once in it a while. Really could. They'll take an average quarterback. So being an average quarterback in the NFL isn't particularly a bad thing. And I think Luke Falk, he could have that type of value and maybe be a little bit higher. Do I ever see him develop into a top 10? Probably not. But he's a guy that I can see that goes in, maybe be a backup for a couple years, then land a starting job somewhere or take yeah. over for a team and do fine. Yeah, definitely. That'll be interesting to see. Um, you know it does
1: drop it to me, you know, the drop off from five to six is pretty far. Um, Lolita is slowly approaching my number six. Um, He's been climbing up, you know, just watching more of him and then um, hearing all this stuff. It also hears that um, I had a, I had a friend over um, at SB nation that interviewed him this past week. And, and he like off the record was like, Hey, I'd love to go to the Patriots. So he, he'd love to go to the Patriots. I'm pretty sure the Patriots are looking at him. Um, but yeah, the quarterback, seeing where these quarterbacks go on day two and three will be really interesting because I feel like I we have a rough idea of where these quarterbacks could end up. There are teams in the first round that are going to take quarterbacks. And that's, you know, you expect Cleveland to. Um, I expect Denver to. Um, I expect the, the Jets to if they miss out on Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah. And I expect the Cardinals to definitely mm-hmm. uh, draft a quarterback. It'll be interesting to see. What teams in, in round two and three are like, hey, our starter is, you know, getting towards the end of his career. Let's get a, a guy that we can have a few years under him. You know, guys like uh, Big Ben, um, Eli Manning, if, you know, they think that his future is longer than one season. Uh, Philip Rivers, another guy, Drew Brees. Those teams will probably look for a quarterback in the mid-rounds. That they might be able to nab up, you know, one of these steals, mm-hmm. you know, the next Dak Prescott for a season. Or uh, Russell Wilson. You know, there are guys that fly under the radar
0: a lot, and, and they could easily grab one. It's it's funny to think. I, I want to know how many quarterbacks are going to go in the first round right now. I really am interested to see because, like you said, there's you think there's a big drop-off from five to six, yeah. but you think one through five is kind of similar too. They're kind of stacked yeah. there. And you're, I know you're not a huge fan of this quarterback class. No. But when there's a lot of guys that aren't being separated, teams can fall in love with different guys exactly. and think that they're better than the next guy. So if they take them in the first round... I mean, there could be a lot of quarterbacks taken in this first round. There really could I be. I think
1: I think all five. All of I our think top all five, five. I think uh,
0: possibly six could be even taken in this first if, round.
1: If, if you know New England with pick thirty one wants yeah. to just go ahead and do it right there because it's essentially a second round pick at that point. Basically, I mean, they, we could have six quarterbacks. I definitely think all five go in the first round. I yeah. think even if teams um say say the Giants don't go quarterback, teams are going to be calling the Colts at three. You know, calling the Browns at four. Like, hey. We need to trade. We need yeah. this quarterback. Buffalo could be a team. Arizona could look to move up. Miami is apparently looking to move up from 11 to get a quarterback. I think definitely our top five go in the first. That round. That could
0: be a dream for the Colts if the quarterback oh. doesn't fall one two, which I think that's very unlikely that's going to happen. Yeah. but that would be a dream. This oh Colts don't do amazing. not want a quarterback right no, they don't need now. One. They trade back to maybe seven eight. They get Quentin Nelson. <laughs> look that's at the
1: return. Perfect. Look at the return that these that some of these past years have gotten. I mean. Um, when you think about what the Browns got in return for, uh, Deshaun Watson, I mean, they have the, yeah they have the fourth pick in this draft and the fourth pick in the second round because they traded for, they gave up, you know, one of their top picks for Deshaun Watson. Um, <clears throat> teams are always willing to give up more if they think they're going to get a, their quarterback
0: for the future. So... I mean that could fall right into the lap for the Colts. That'd be amazing. Uh, it's funny to think. So uh, like this is all hypothetical, but if one two doesn't fall quarterback, Indianapolis is at three. Maybe they trade Denver once Josh Allen really bad. Denver trades up from number five to number three. We saw how much uh, the Bears gave up the last year to move up one exactly, game, just one spot. And that was a ton. That was a huge haul. So yeah. the Colts get a huge haul. Go to five. Maybe they get uh, Saquon Barkley at that point because all the quarterbacks are going down. Saquon Barkley, Quentin Nelson, there's plenty of names out there. Yeah. I mean, Chubb. I mean, there's there's a chance to get Chubb at number five if quarterbacks exactly. are falling real quick. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it would be a dream scenario for the Colts. So, Definitely. I think that would be probably be the best case uh, best case for them. All right. So, uh, on to our final subject of the day. Yeah. Yep. So, like last week, we broke down the NFC East. This week, we're breaking down draft needs for the AFC South. We're going to start with the Colts, and I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, so, um, and this was great,
1: actually. Great timing, because this past week, um, I went on uh, Colts Cast uh, Radio. It's a podcast. Make sure to check that out if you're a Colts fan out there um, with host Matt Dainley. Dainley? Matt Dainley, yeah, that's his <laughs> name. And we talked just for about an hour and a half about the about the Colts' third pick, basically. And we had callers, you know, coming in asking us all this stuff. And for the Colts, they're in a really interesting position um, because, like we said, like we just said, you know, they, there's so much potential that they trade back a few spots and they pick, you know, a completely different guy. For me, the Colts need to take Bradley Chubb at the th- with the third pick. That that is after you know hearing all the potential trade back scenarios, you know, partners that we could trade with. I think the Colts need to stay at three and take Bradley Chubb. Um, Looking at other holes on the uh, Colts roster. Offensive line, number one. Um, Quarterback, definitely another. We need a wide receiver, too. Um, We could always use a tight end, and we have to see what we're doing with the running back position. There are a lot of holes on that team. There's a lot. Inside linebacker is another big one. Um, My only thing that why I'm not addressing those positions at the third pick is because they're much better talent at those positions in free agency. Um, there are some great guards in free agency this year. Um, Norwell from Carolina. Um, you've got the Giants Lyman Pugh hitting free agency. There are a lot of guys that I think the Colts, if they want to you know, spend their money, spend their money on the offensive line, maybe spend it on a linebacker. Anthony Hitchens is the inside linebacker. I've been thinking, um, coming from Dallas, reuniting with his old linebackers coach, uh, Matt Eberflus, who's now the DC in Indy. Um, I think the the pass rush class in free agency is really weak. Um, the top two guys, Demarcus Lawrence and Ziggy Ansah, both received the franchise tag, so they're gone. off. Yep. So at that point, you're basically bringing in, you know, some veterans, um, some young guys that might have potential. And, and I'm not saying the Colts won't sign some guys at, at the at the edge position, um, but I see them as more rotation players. Chubb is by far and away, you know. Um, is a top three talent in this draft, in my opinion. He's got to go in that top three, and if uh, the Colts shouldn't mess with this because I think they can spend their money elsewhere to to fill their other needs. And I think that they you know their biggest draft need they could find you know their next
0: Dwight Freeney, their next Robert Mathis. I mean, it's funny with the Colts. I mean, the thing is, they have the most important position in football covered with the quarterback. Exactly. So it's 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 kind of fun for them because they can go with whatever ten most who they think is most talented in the draft. Yeah, they really can because. They're, they're not really going to miss. It's not like they're booting out somebody that's tremendously talented there. They can pretty much replace anything they want, and I do like the Chubb pick because I think that's what their need is most, and, yeah, he has a top three talent, so why not go out and exactly. help position that you're really struggling off? I mean, the Colts haven't had a good defense in a long time. Uh, the cornerback, yeah. like you said, losing Vontae Davis this off season. I mean, he was your, your guy for a while there, yeah. and they could use another good cornerback. I mean, yeah, linebackers are pretty weak, so... I don't think the Colts can really miss as long as they go with the most talented player at number three. And I would also have to agree, it's probably going to be Chubb. The offensive line, y'all have drafted how many offensive linemen in the past couple of years, and it really hasn't improved that much. Yeah, I mean, we brought in lot.
1: Ryan Kelly a couple of years back. Um, Jack Mewhort hasn't mm-hmm. been able to stay healthy. We've really missed on some guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I and I see some guys in free agency that I'm like, yes, if the Colts can you know offer some money. Norwell seems to be leaving Carolina no matter what. They don't have the money to bring him back. I think Indy um should go and grab him there's another guard from kansas city the giants lineman like i mentioned um there are some guys that they can go out there bring in you know are they you know homegrown talent no but you know they're 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 one of the better players at their position and so um protecting 12 is the most important it is um and and that's the thing if they're at pick three their three biggest needs are should be available because i expect one and two to go quarterback uh saquon barkley Bradley Chubb, Quentin Nelson. Those are my yeah. top three guys in this draft. They're my that three is. best players, and they are all should be available at pick three. Um, so, you know, whoever Chris Ballard values most out of that, he's going to pick,
0: and I have no complaints with either three. Mm-hmm. I The mean, thing is, if you take Barkley, I feel like that would probably be the most immediate impact. Yeah, I, It would. I don't, know if he's, I don't know if he is the best out of those three, because Chubb can definitely make a huge impact too, mm-hmm. but, I mean, pairing Skoen Barkley with Andrew Luck would be a fun thing to witness. And if you can go out and get those offensive linemen in free agency, which... I have no problem with. I mean, you know how big a problem it's been for the Colts we for have, so long. You we have drafted so many people. Exactly. So might as well go get somebody that you know is at least good and has been good at somewhere else, you know, in the NFL. And we have
1: $85 million in cap
0: space. There are so many teams that once they pay their, their star quarterback, they have no
1: money. When, when the Seahawks finally had to pay um, Russell Wilson, they had no cap space to bring back a lot of their guys. They had to start trading away pieces. With the Colts rebuilding they are able to pay Andrew Luck. I think he's making 22, 24 million this year. They have 85 million in cap space. There's no team that's in that great of a situation financially where they have their star quarterback and a lot of cap space. So they're they're going to be able to do whatever they want if they choose to. Chris Ballard might take a more slow approach, spend a little money in certain places and then spend some more next year. Um but you're right. You know, having the quarterback position and a lot of cap spaces, is uh, one of the most unique situations. I will to say, be. it is
0: a unique situation, but theres I'm not trying to insult the Colts too much, but it's rare to see a team with this many holes on it as well. That's also true. It's yeah. also true, and that's the reason why you have And It's because you're completely rebuilding. You're trying yeah. to rebuild the oh, team completely. completely around Andrew Luck, and when Luck is healthy, he's definitely a top-five quarterback. So, I understand what they're doing with this, and there's a bunch of different ways they can go with it. Maybe draft a wide receiver that's above six foot. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a problem. But yeah, no, definitely. I think they
1: address wide receiver in the middle rounds. But think about it. You've got Andrew Luck. You've got T.Y. Hilton. By all means, you know, one yeah. of the better receivers in football. He is. Um, Been to the Pro Bowl how many years? We've got a Pro Bowl tight end in Jack Doyle, who continues to develop...
0: He had, yeah, he had a fine. great he's, season. Yeah, he's fine. He's not. know he had a good, great season for himself. He's he's a pretty. He's a good tight end, but he's yeah. not. I don't. I don't no, he's not, a he's difference not, maker. No,
1: no, he's not. But he's a, he's a guy that I'm, I feel comfortable. I don't need another yeah. tight end. And then you have Malik Hooker. Who's, Malik you know, Hooker I think he could be really tore good. tore his ACL um, early on in the year, but but you know was a great safety. Um, he's one of the futures of that defense. And then in the front seven. Um, Jabal Sheard had an amazing year. We still have him under contract for the next few years. Um, he was one of you know PFF's top rated edge rushers. Jonathan Hankins, interior defensive lineman, was amazing at stopping the run. So we have certain positions at each level. We just need the like complete package. We need you know to fill all the rest of the rotation. Well, you definitely have the money, and it'll
0: be interesting to yeah, see where we go. That it all goes. Mm-hmm. All right. So on to. Your second favorite team. It's kind of (laughs) weird that they're also in the AFC South. It's kind of it's kind of strange. But we're gonna talk about the Jaguars for a little bit, and I'm gonna let you go ahead and talk about this team too. Quarterback, quarterback,
1: quarterback, quarterback. Quarterback. They just need a they need a quarterback, and they're Super Bowl champions. Um, I guess if I'm looking elsewhere, uh, middle linebacker. Paul, like Paul Puzlinski. He's he's getting old. He's, he's getting, getting old. Good. He had a, no. He had a pretty bad year this year. Actually, I know, he was definitely but their I like. Paul in my Puzzle. opinion, he was like definitely their worst defensive player this past year. That's that incredible started, too, because he was right? kind of the best was, for, he was their best player for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I think they can use another interior offensive lineman. Um, obviously, you know, picking at what I want to say they're twenty nine. Yeah, they're they have the 29th pick. You're not gonna find you know. An amazing talent there. Maybe if you want to, you know, pair up, um, you know, your first and second, get into the middle of the first round, and you take a linebacker or your quarterback that you want to take. Maybe you want Lamar Jackson.
0: Um, I doubt he'd be there at twenty nine. No, yo. So yeah, I'm saying you'd have yeah, to, you'd trade, up, up to yeah, the, trade up to the to yeah. the middle
1: of the first round. Um, maybe you you know you go that direction. They don't have holes, man. Their defense is is you know, I mean Barry Church. How old is he getting? He might be getting a little old at free safety, He's but right. He's fine. I'm not worried about that. Um, Offensive line, tight end in the middle rounds. Mercedes Lewis is also getting old. There yeah, are a couple older. tight ends that I think could be solid for them. Down.
0: Quarterback's got to be the biggest one for me. Yeah. I mean, what I had I mean, Allen Robinson and Marquise Lee are both free agents that, right now. Yeah, They're both head free agency, so a wide receiver could be a pretty big. Uh, person for them right now. I do and, like
1: who they had last year, though. Keenan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Westbrook had yeah. solid years. And I'm not saying their wide receivers were not problem last If year. they bring back one of them, yeah. those two, I would let right. Allen Robinson walk. I'd focus on bringing uh, Marquise Lee back. Um, Allen Robinson, they still the receiving court was solid last year without Allen. Yeah. Allen, off an ACL injury, is going to want some money um, because this is his, his like first time to make a really big contract. Um, I'd focus more on Lee. Yeah. Um,
0: and yeah. maybe bring in another guy in free agency that's lower yeah. down. And I also said tight ends probably they're gonna have to draft tight end in this one. Marquis yeah. or, or Mercedes Lewis is a pretty good blocking tight end, but his pass catching it's not that yeah. great. He's not that versatile. And they tried to bring in Julius Thomas a couple years ago to kind oh, of yeah, you know, to, yeah, they they got him they had with uh Mercedes Lewis, Julius Thomas was the pass catcher, Lewis was the run blocker, just a solid tight end in there. And, you know, Joyce Thomas didn't do that bad. He actually caught a decent amount of touchdowns from uh, Blake Bortles, but it ended up not working out. He went to Miami. So I think they need to address that again defensively. I mean, yeah, like Paul Les- Lesney or whatever. I mean, he's not the greatest. But outside of that, where are you going to really uh, Yeah, I've,
1: I have no complaints with that yeah. defense. I don't think there's much – I mean – just getting guys in the middle rounds that'll be rotation guys. Yeah. I mean, you can never have enough, enough depth in the front seven. Yeah. Secondary injuries are never, you know, you never know who's going to get hurt. So yeah. just making sure that you're keeping that defense they, as solid as it can be.
0: And every team could always use a couple offensive linemen in the, exactly. a couple more. Every team can. I mean, go ahead and let Leonard Fournette get even more holes. So exactly. that's a good dog, way to go as well. Now, everybody's favorite team, the Tennessee Titans and Titans fans probably really do not like our podcast, because we have talked a lot of crap about the Titans over the years. Yeah, we have. We have. Um, I don't know. Let's start with you. What do you think about the Titans, think about this Titans The Titans have so many positions that I think they're just okay in. Right. They really just... They're, they're okay. They don't really need to go after that position, but they could they could use a better cornerback. That's one of the first yeah. things I looked at. I mean, they have a couple okay ones over there. But a couple young ones. They, a couple young yeah. ones, but they don't really have a lockdown elite guy, so yeah. if they can, if they have the right guy, I mean, that's fine with them. Jarrell Casey is pretty solid up the middle. They can use some more edge pressure besides Brian Arakpo. I mean, they could use a couple more people up there. And the defense, I mean, this team was just okay all around uh, last year. So they could use some more offensive linemen, like we said, and get Derrick Henry and protect Marcus Mariota a little bit better. I mean, I don't think they need to go wide receiver because they just drafted Corey Davis and they have Eric Decker, but once again, they just played okay. So uh, the Titans can really, they're kind of like the Colts, except they're a little bit better, like uh, all around as a team. But I I don't know. I, I don't. The Titans franchise can really go either way right now with a new coach. Exactly, yeah. It could fall on their face or they could really... Yeah, or they could really upgrade everything. Yeah, they
1: could. Um, The biggest thing for me was their pass rush. They really didn't do a good job getting to the quarterback, um, Mm -hmm. stopping outside runs. Um, So I definitely think they got to go edge in the first round. Um, Just thinking guys who will be available by then. Um, You know, maybe you take Arden Key from LSU a little early. Uh, Maybe Harold Landry or Marcus Davenport drop to them in the first round. Those would be the guys that I think... They address right in the first round. Um, set it tight end. Set it yeah. running back. In my opinion, if you they want are. to bring in a second guy in like the sixth or seventh round, kind of replace Demarco Murray, I'm fine with that. Wide receiver, I don't want to up. Uh, I don't want to touch yet um, because, I mean, Corey Davis. While he only had one amazing game, it was the most recent game that he had um, against the Patriots. He had a great game yeah,
0: then. Let him develop a little more. See what happens. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then just getting younger. I guess in the front seven. Um they got, you know, Arakbo. Um they got Enough some pick. guys getting a little bit older in age. Uh they they they're in a really weird spot. It could really go either way. It anywhere, could, they can go anywhere with this pick. And I think a lot of it comes down to Marcus Mariota because he had a really bad start to the season. Um he didn't have a great year at all. Yeah, and and everyone wants to be like, "Oh, but he he played so well against New England." He played all right against New England. He caught his own touchdown pass. Oh, you mean the Chiefs? Oh, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know. Yeah, that's what I meant. The Chiefs. He had a good game against the Chiefs, um, and and since that's the most, one of the most recent games, that's what they're holding on to for the season. But Marcus Mariota, at one point, I want to say we were ten games through, nine games through. He had more interceptions than touchdown passes. So I'm just saying, you know, hopefully they've got a good off a new offensive mind in there. Working with Mariota, I'd love to see what that changes with his game, but, you know,
0: they're in a weird spot. Yeah, I think Mariota definitely still has the talent to be a good quarterback in the And a lot of people want to make the excuse he was injured last year, he had hamstring problems and stuff yeah. like that. So I want to see him completely healthy this next year definitely. and really see if he expands upon what he did his first two years or regresses to what he did last year. Yeah. So it's, sure. going, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the Titans do with their pick. -hmm. On to the next team, and this team doesn't even have a pick in the first round. The Houston Texans, they traded to get Deshaun Watson, and if anything, if last year's any indication, they probably don't regret it right now. But, I mean, anything can happen in this league. What do the Texans really need in the first round?
1: Yeah, it's funny, and I know, maybe I'm just blindly saying this because I'm a Colts fan, but I really think that the Texans have the worst future of the teams Mm. in the AFC South. You know, Deshaun Watson had an amazing um, debut in the NFL, I and mean, he he tore things up. And I'm sure that that's a that's a position that you know you can be solid with, um, and you can have a lot of success based off a quarterback. But if your team can't stay healthy, if your team keeps getting older, if you still don't address your your issues on the roster, then you're just wasting away the talent of your quarterback. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. They won a Super Bowl. They make the playoffs every year. He's an MVP guy. He's one of the most talented quarterback of all time. But they haven't addressed the issues around that roster, and that, I see that kind of happening with the Texans. They haven't improved their offensive line. I think their offensive line is one of the worst in football. They traded away they their Dwayne best. Brown, yeah, yeah, they traded yep. him away. Um, their running back situation is weird. I mean, they Donta Foreman and uh, Lamar Miller, weird combination. They lost their best cornerback last offseason in A.J. Bouye, um, and their front seven can't stay healthy and it keeps getting older. They cut Brian Cushing a couple weeks ago, right? That was yeah, I think that was so. their big cut. They got rid of him so they, I mean they're creating some cap space. I just don't like what the Texans have right now. They they've got one of the best receivers in DeAndre Hopkins. They've got a guy that can get him the ball in uh Deshaun Watson, but outside of that, I think they need help at, at every position. Um maybe not defensive end because you do have two guys who when healthy are amazing. And it's but you When are they healthy? I would address, you know, if I'm looking at at Holes for the Texans, I'm looking at wide receiver two, tight end, running back still concerns me, all over the offensive line, defensive tackle, linebacker, secondary. That's everything besides wide receiver one, defensive end, and quarterback.
0: I mean,
1: I like Wolf Fuller
0: over there, and uh, I don't know if he's a wide receiver two type <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, it's my thing. Is, he's, he's a big play guy, and I do like him over there, so yeah. I think they have some talent at receiver, and I think they can do fine with Deshaun Watson over there throwing the ball. Uh, CJ Fedorowitz uh tight end. I mean, Nothing special, and he has injury wow. history or, or an injury history now. So we'll have to see what they do with that too. Uh, I don't think that the Texans have the worst future out of all those teams. I, I if I had to, I think the Texans with Deshaun Watson they could surpass the Titans next year if they can have. I mean we keep saying if if JJ Watt and Went Merciless were on that team last year with Deshaun Watson. Texans probably made the playoffs. I think they but that entire team was
1: healthy yeah. and they didn't trade away Dwayne Brown, they yeah, probably could have made Brown, a chance at the Wildcats. It card. is
0: interesting they traded away Dwayne, Dwayne Brown when he was their best offensive lineman and they don't really have a suitable no, replacement no, or anything no, like that. So it's going to be interesting what the Texans do in this draft because they don't have a first round pick and that's the price you pay. I mean, you see other teams around the league, if they trade up to get a quarterback, the Redskins certainly faced it. And I saw that for years after yeah. RG3. And I, I, I worry for the Texans if you go down that same path. Great first year, gets hurt, and then is he ever going to be the same? Yeah. So, we'll see what happens with the Texans, but they're not in a great position right now. The yeah. Texans
1: right now remind me of the Seattle Seahawks, except the Seattle Seahawks made it to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. I think they have holes at basically the same positions. Um, age is a concern. You know, these guys aren't getting younger. You keep losing them for years. It's not like they stayed the same age. You know, you're still losing, you know, the, the entire defense in Seattle is getting older. These guys in in Houston are getting older. Terrible offensive line, inconsistent run game. You have a receiver that you can, you know, get the ball to. I love Doug Baldwin. I, I love DeAndre Hopkins. And you have one of the youngest, you know, you have a young star quarterback. But if you're, if if you, if it's just the Houston Texans have never had success yet with it. And I don't know if they will. I, you know, I don't know if right now they're in the best situation for success. Yeah, I understand
0: this comparison and everything like that. Yeah. And I wanted to say one thing that, that glaring weakness from the Texans, they really improved their secondary. They needed yeah. to the defensive back. Because oh it was it was bad. It's it was really bad. bad. I mean, people were putting up 40-plus points in the Texans almost on a regular basis yeah. I mean, in teams that don't even have the greatest offenses either. I mean, if in the beginning of the year, once J.J. Watt went down and merciless, I mean, Sean Watson wasn't putting up 40 points. Texans weren't winning. So yeah. that defense definitely needs to improve. Yeah. Definitely.
1: So, interesting division.
0: It is an interesting division. It's become a lot more interesting over the so past couple years because it used to be the laughing stock of the NFL for a long time. It's like the Colts and who? The Colts, and who, the Colts yeah. and who? Exactly. So now it's it's Jacksonville and uh, Jacksonville. Texans. And, and maybe Andrew Luck can lead the Colts back. I mean, it's going to be an interesting year next year. And definitely. you never know what you're getting out of that AFC South these days. So, I think that about wraps it up. Anything else to add, Blake? Yeah, no, just more of the
1: same. Follow us on Twitter at PeerSportsNFL, at the goal 2 Go Podcast. Um, you know, keep checking out our articles. We'll be posting up some mock drafts. Um, we did a mock draft this past week, me and Connor. Um, Connor keeps putting out top five positional rankings. Um, I'm, I'm doing some more scouting notebooks, uh, player rankings for the draft. Putting out a lot of great content, so make sure to check that out. Uh, keep listening. You know, like I said, we won't be here next week, but the week after we'll be back giving you
0: some football. Um, anything else from you? No, man. I mean, uh, yeah, check out our mock draft. Tell me how much better a uh, drafter I am than Blake. I mean, you can go ahead and comment at me. I'll be happy to show Blake that. And, uh, yeah, keep checking out Pure Sports Network, guys. And we'll see you, not next week, but the next one. Yeah. Take right, care, guys.